Hey, what's going on? Pretty Deadly Day, and welcome to the 157th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and it is uh, opening day uh, week. Today, when I, uh, by the time you're hearing this, it's probably going to be Tuesday, March the 27th. Uh, and the Blue Jays played last night in Montreal. I don't think that they won. It doesn't really matter. Vlad Guerrero was there. Vlad Guerrero Jr. was there. Boba Shett was there. All the important things. Marcus Stroman was there, of course. Pitching, looking good. Shoulder. Maybe. Probably. Hopefully. Not an issue. But the season is about to begin. So, Thursday afternoon, which is, of course, opening day. The Blue Jays are taking on the New York Yankees. Um, when uh, Jay Happ will be on the hill for the Jays. They've been facing uh, Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton and all those types of people. They'll all be around. Uh, Stoughton and I will be around as well, doing a live edition of Birds All Day at the Rec Room, which is across the street from the Dome. Uh, we'll be there about, about 1.45 or so. We're just going to get in and get out. Come sit down, have a couple drinks, listen to us, and interact, have, have, ask some questions, have some fun. And then you can get up and go across the street and go to the game if you're going. If not, join us. Sit, have some drinks, have, uh, have a nice chat. So ahead of that, we're going to do a bit of a preview edition of Birds All Day, talking to uh, a couple different kinds of people. First up, you know her. If you're a member of, of the Blue Jays Twitter uh, hive, her name is Rui Devji. She is a musician. She is a, uh, a baseball fan par excellence. We talked to her about the Blue Jays fan experience and about what, it, what, a, what a, an uncertain season means to be a fan. And uh, it's good. It's a great chat. And she's a, she's a cool person I've known for a long time. And you, we talk about her. At the end, she hypes her band. Uh, one band's called Weak Hands. And uh, it's a punk band, local punk band. is getting their start here in Toronto. Uh, and another group that she's in is called Shrine House. It's an Amy Winehouse tribute. So lots of fun. Great talking to Rui. And then, of course, after that, I talked to... Grant Brisby of SB Nation, national baseball writer who's write, uh, writing you know and love because it's terrific and no one covers the game like Grant does. Uh, of course, longtime uh, Giants guy for SB Nation who just stepped away from um, Cubby Chronicles, a site that he basically built. Uh, so Grant and I are going to look at the Blue Jays from a bit of an outsider perspective. Of course, he is a national writer. I'm going to emphasize that a few times to, um, if he ever hears this, to make himself feel self-conscious, frankly. So Grant and I talk about the Blue Jays. Rui and I talk about the Blue Jays coming up Thursday afternoon. Stoughton and I talk about the Blue Jays live and in person. So we hope we can see you down there. Uh, head over to facebook.com slash birds all day. We've got the event page shared there. Come on over. RSVP'd. It's free. It's all ages as well. If you're not old enough to go get a drink, you're not listening to a podcast, but let's, let's be honest. But come on out. Play some Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Play some, play some Street Fighter. It'll be a lot of fun. So that's it. If you don't hear from me, I might do, try to do another one of these this week. But we'll see. If not, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you down at the rec room on Thursday afternoon. And uh, we hope, I hope, that you enjoy this season lid lifter, if we can call it that, edition of Birds All Day. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you Thursday. And uh, enjoy opening day. Okay, so here we go. It's my pleasure this time uh, for Birds All Day to be joined by uh, an illuminary of, uh, of Blue Jays Twitter, a woman who described herself to me no moment, no, no more than five minutes ago as a uh, as a baseball superhero. I swear that's what she said. Uh, Rui Devi, Rui, how are you? 
Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Superhero. That's a pretty strong word for you to describe yourself. <laughs> you put the words in my mouth, but I'm not going to deny it, I guess. Uh, I did. No, of course, you didn't. You did not say that. <laughs> you are a normal human who would not describe herself in those terms. Uh, but let us talk. So so before we get started, let, well, you are a big Blue Jays fan, of course. We, we've seen you. You've been f featured in one of those, like, this is the face of the fan. I know you've, you've done that before. And, of course, you're very active on Twitter. You love going to the ballpark. Um but you're uh, maybe the word maybe not a new newer baseball fan, but it, you haven't been a, a following baseball your whole life. Is that, is that fair to say? So, why don't I, if you mm -hmm. can, you can give me the Coles Notes version of how you became a Blue Jays fan, and uh, to the degree now that you're obviously you're one of us, you're here in the weeds. So, how did this happen? I think is basically what I'm asking <laughs> you. Yeah, how how did I become entrenched in Jays Twitter? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I I. I'm pretty sure that I spent my whole childhood talking to my dad about how baseball is boring and everyone's on steroids and why does anyone watch that game? But here I am. Um, basically because I just like was curious about why a friend of mine um, in the spring one year, I was like super hyped about hockey playoffs and he was super hyped about spring training. And I was like, how could you possibly care about spring training when there's playoffs happening? Mm -hmm. uh, so I decided to, watch a game and somehow loved it enough to just never stop watching so you you didn't grow up in toronto i think is is, is maybe a little bit of of uh a background worth worth noting you were from alberta oh yeah am, am i yes so i apologize for all the terrible things we've said about alberta over the span of 156 <laughs> episodes but uh <laughs> but uh, uh do you think that that was a factor like moving did moving to toronto help kind of move that along do you think yeah, totally. I mean, there's so many there's so many fans here, and I remember like being aware of the Jays all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and like, you know, when when the holiday trade happened, I wasn't watching baseball, but everybody I knew was like so emotional about it. Um, so I had like some sort of inklings about that being a big deal, but obviously didn't really know how big a deal for a while. That's cool, and but you were a you were a hockey fan. You you used to be a hockey blogger way back in the day before that was like a full letter <laughs> word. Is that not untrue? Is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, it's a, a dark period of my history. Yeah, I was a I I co-ran a blog on SB Nation for the Calgary Flames. Equally equally damning. There's just damnation happening all over the place here. <laughs> uh, but now here you are. Now you're like a regular Blue Jays lunatic. What what, what do you think has been like one of the like. Is there is there I don't want to say cart before the horse or the chicken or the egg situation like do you find like the online kind of community it in 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 small doses helps to kind of foster that and and, and kind of bring it along or is it just kind of like a nice thing to have on the side? Oh, I think it's I mean I think it's great, but I'm sure you know uh, as well as anyone that sometimes it's the worst. Mm -hmm. um, it's I guess I find it kind of hard to manage though. I'm I'm all in or I'm not in at all. Mm -hmm. So. I, last year I was kind of not in, I, I didn't get to watch that many games and I wasn't really like as in into Blue Jays Twitter. Uh, and I super miss it. Like I, now that we're kind of all together, especially that the Montreal games are going on right now, um, everyone's in and tweeting about the same things and everyone's kind of back as being this big family on Twitter. Uh, I, I like that a lot. It's interesting because I think knowing you as, as long as I have, I think we first, we probably first met at the, what was it? That, uh, the blogs with balls. It was like that conference that was in, uh, in Toronto back away. Oh my God. Like probably five or six yeah. years ago, but yeah, so, it's about that long. I think. 
so you've been a baseball fan and you started out in like kind of the bad old days. You, you there was the kind of excitement around 2012 and 2013, but but you were by no stretch of the imagination like a someone who showed up on the scene in 2015. So I feel like that's good grounding. Do you, do you feel like you're you know that's going to help to that experience prepare you for 2018 is what I'm trying to say when the team is bad again. <laughs> <laughs> I see the optimism is coming out already. Eh? Already, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I mean, yeah, I started watching in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing a lot of Corey Patterson. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think that helps. It was, I almost felt guilty though. Like, um, I, I'm somebody who's like talked a lot about how dumb I think gatekeeping away from bandwagon fans and stuff like that is, mm-hmm. but I still felt kind of guilty. Like I didn't weather the 20 years of no playoffs. I weathered like four. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still feel like I felt it pretty deeply. Like I was at all those playoff games in 2015 and it was like, I was concerned for my life in game five. Like, but sometimes I was like, well, I haven't earned this maybe as much as other people have, but there were some pretty bad years and I went to a lot of really bad games if you sat on a blue plastic chair in the sun in the 500 level watching Corey <laughs> Patterson run around out there, uh, watching you know the kind of the dregs of the of the Brett Laurie era, uh, you know yeah. watching go, living through much of the, the the terrible part of the Travis Snyder experience for the, for example, you've earned it. Everybody earned it, and and mostly it's it's just like yeah, when the team is good, it it, it kind of reflects sports as it at its best right like it's just so much fun and and there's that camaraderie and and it's just like a every game is is an event at the end when they were winning every night in 2015 it was just like it couldn't have been better it's 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 easy to be a fan then because it's awesome mm-hmm. and you schedule everything around it like i remember being like i can't hang out with you except for these three days that the jays are off in 2015 like there's no other times that i'm free well that happened that happens. So, so how would you describe yourself as a fan? Are you like, a, like, are you on fan graphs all the time? Are you kind of into the numbers or are you more of like a, is it a bit softer and gooier or is it sort of just like, is, is each game sort of a, like a little self-contained compartment of like, that's a, it's an event and I go to it and then I'm ready for the next one. How, how, maybe how, how would you kind of typify your, uh, your, your fan experience? I don't know if I've thought about that, actually. I feel like I'm a little bit of both. I'm definitely, like, all feelings all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I'm on Vangraphs a lot, especially at the beginning of the season when, like you said, like, you know, this is, it's new. It's, it's maybe we can be optimistic about the season before uh, before it starts. Although, now that we've all read that horrible Troy Tulowitzki piece, um, a very good Troy Tulowitzki piece about a horrible thing, um, mm-hmm. I am sad. <laughs> so, oh, now so sad. I might be... Yeah, looking at the numbers to like reassure myself about other things, maybe. Absolutely, but so that's interesting. I mean, I, I feel like it's it's very easy. It, it's it's not those two ideas aren't opposed. I guess that you can be in the moment and at the game and enjoying the game, and then after you know a bunch of things, you look you, you go to fan ba- fan graphs and you look back and you're like, yo, what's up? Uh, what's up with uh, whatever like what's up with this guy's season what's he doing what's what's he about what's his approach sort of thing like i feel like that that's something that maybe not new but it's something that is uh, a little bit different now which is the like the the weediness of of the of the information and the stories that are out there you know we've had eno saris on the show uh, before and and it's almost like wonky like does there appeal to that to you sort of like learning about 
how what makes the game work sort of from the inside out yeah i mean i think i mean baseball is like such a game of details Mm -hmm. and i think that puts off a lot of people like i think some people are kind of like afraid to jump into the game because they're like i need to know so much before it makes sense or before it matters to me Mm -hmm. but i really like that i think it's kind of cool that you can enjoy it a certain way without any of those really specific stats or details or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you want to dive in, there's so much to get from it because I don't think I understood why there was any tension or why people would get so worked up about um, like a a batter pitcher matchup until I realized what the strategy was and how they would be like facing each other and how it was like this chess match. Um, And then once you get into that, you're like, okay, well, what are the actual strategies? What kind of pitches does he have? What kind of like, you know, what are they, how are they facing each other? And then you just you never stop. <laughs> uh, that's that's really interesting, I, and I I agree a hundred percent. And and it's for me it's interesting, and, and I don't know your perspective. Like someone like uh, like the Blue Jays are a great example of of guys. They have a lot of interesting players who can who who are take a lot of pride in the craft of their job. And Russell Martin's an obvious one, I think, and Russell and Marcus mm-hmm. Stroman as well. The, the the kind of players who are able to to kind of get in there. And Marcus Stroman he, he can be a little bit. Um, as I understand it, like he plays something close to the vest. He doesn't want to show how he grips his two seamer and, and things like that. But there's there's so many little idiosyncrasies. But but um, but yeah, like guys like guys like Martin and and Stroman and I don't know what do you think. Like so obviously the winning makes us feel certain ways about the, about the players and stuff like that. But maybe the 2018 team isn't destined to win. Do you think do you think the team as it's kind of built now? Are there like likable guys out there? Are there are there players that you're like, oh, I'm I'm excited to learn more about this guy, or, or is it just sort of like that sort of stuff will come as it as the season develops? I mean, I to be honest, I have not watched that much of spring training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, after a while, the like three inning stints in the Grapefruit League just like don't appeal anymore. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean. I'm obviously super in on on Marcus Stroman mm-hmm. and Aaron Sanchez. Although I guess there's trouble in paradise; they're not best friends anymore. I'm curious to see what happens with that, mm-hmm. um, because I like a good narrative. But yeah, definitely those two. Although the the Stroman thing with the arbitration was interesting. Like I'm also interested just to see how this year goes for him because mm-hmm. I think he's 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 all feelings too. Absolutely, he uh, he definitely he doesn't uh, he doesn't shy away from it. Right, and he and he goes about it in his own way. Right, he comes brings it direct to the fans on social media, which obviously some like kind of more seasoned reporters do not like as much. But uh, yeah. I think for the fans, it's you know if you want that access, it's right there for you. Yeah, and I I recently got into the Raptors, and I find it like such a stark contrast between baseball and basketball because mm-hmm. in basketball it seems like all the players are like, I mean they're all they all have great personalities, but they're also encouraged to have their own personalities. Where in baseball, like. MLB just kind of stifles that so much like North American baseball, um, you know, play the game the right way, like, or the, you know, the white way, um, don't have, don't have big personalities, don't have big, like, um, egos even. Uh, so it's really interesting to like, look at baseball again after watching so much basketball and be like, we're like, these players could do so much more. Why are you like this baseball? Why are you doing this to yourself on purpose? Honestly, like running Yasiel Puig out of town, basically, when he could be like the most fun player in Major League Baseball, really. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, so, 
what about uh, what was it? Who's a was there um, like an acquisition this season that that like excited you? I think well, maybe not an acquisition. Being being a person on Blue Jays Twitter, you have obviously have very strong opinions about Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero Jr. Like though these this is a requirement, so I'm not putting you on the spot. And I need yeah. I, I need your feelings. I need them like laid out in no uncertain terms. I am so excited about them. And I'm afraid to be one of those people who are like prospect hugging. Like I'm afraid to be that. I I was very publicly cranky about people who were hugging Travis Snyder all the way to the end, mm-hmm. uh, which will earn me no fans. Not here. You, are, you, <laughs> will, you I will never ever let that one go. <laughs> um, I'll own that, but I'm I'm all in on Guerrero and Bichette. Also, like now that Tulowitzki is not factoring in, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I mean, they're both so young, but I, I'm just ready to see them basically whenever. Yeah, it, it, I'm all in on the irrationality of it at this point, where they're so, like you said, they're so young. They're they're not even, like, young because they're prospects. Like, they're young for prospects. Young. To bring them to the big leagues now would be yeah, kind of shocking. But I think at the same time, we're also, even though we've learned not to, we're still so, like, bring them up. Bring him up and get yeah. him in there. Uh, <laughs> so this is good because one of them is guaranteed to break at least like half our hearts. So this could be a good learning experience. This is going to be like the next great, one of them could be the next great par- prospect let down so that we'll never ever bother caring about anything ever again. <laughs> right, until until we do. So so even though you haven't been the, with your eyes glued to spring training and I would be lying if I said I have either, what do you think about this, the team and the season that's to come again they, they, they can be kind of like two ideas you know operating in parallel in some ways so so what do you think about the team what do you think about the season i am cautiously optimistic about the season um i find it interesting actually i've been reading a lot of like pre-season you know predictions and and i did look at some of the projections that came out um a surprising number of people seem to be reasonably high in the jays like like you know Mm-hmm. The Jays will be in contention for the second wild card. Uh, maybe that also is a little more so since Otani has not been having a good spring. Uh, which, like Stone said, I in any other year I would be quite sad, but this year I'm not so sad about it. Um, I hope that they. I hope that that comes true. I think that they could do it, but it just feels a bit, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm closer to the team and saw 2017 and it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it feels a bit like a bunch of pieces thrown together, but they could be good pieces. I'm having a hard time kind of no, coming I, up with. That. I know what you mean. I definitely know what you mean. I, I think I, you know, I'll probably seem like we're of the same mind where it's, I'm, I'm really encouraged when I see, the way that the team is re- reflected like in projections and and how those they're definitely included in the conversation for the wild card but then when i mm-hmm. i start to think i'm like how are they going to score any runs like that's the question I, I really have a hard time getting away from um and i'm glad yeah, and mentioned- i i also wonder because um I'm, I'm almost afraid to to put out a prediction out there because um in 2013 when we had that amazing uh marlins trade mm-hmm. in the off season um, I went on a, a Yankees podcast as a the Blue Jays guest mm-hmm. in the offseason, and they were like, okay, so how do you think the Jays are going to do? 
and I was like, they're they're gonna win like ninety five games. <laughs> uh, so now I don't predict anything anymore. <laughs> it's probably for the best. I, I would never put your put your feet to the fire. But so, <laughs> what about the season? Like, I, I, obviously, that's the appeal of baseball. At the end of the day, it's like I'm excited to go and sit up sit outside in a blue chair in the sun. And there's just so many like good, like baseball is such a good vibes atmosphere most of the time um that like do, do i mean do you have a plan to go to a lot of games this, do you think this year or, or how do you how do you imagine yourself kind of taking in the season and how do you think that might change given the fate of the team oh yeah i mean i i go regardless um and sometimes it's fun to go to games when they're really bad because you're not surrounded by assholes which mm-hmm. i feel like the more they win the more you are um I went to a bunch of playoff games both years and last year at the ALCS, I was like, I'm not having fun at all. Like not really? just because Trevor Bauer is carving up everybody in the Jays lineup, but like uh, my friends had beer thrown at them. We had one of those like foam fingers thrown at us. Like people were just horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what I'm going to baseball for. Like I avoid the home opener because of that usually, but I'm going to like hang out and see a game and maybe watch some home runs and, drink some beers like i'm not expecting that kind of thing to happen all the time i i, I get that and i've i've made that a very similar uh, uh, uh complaint i've voiced it many times before <laughs> because there's something about like this sur- kind of it's almost like a serening environment which it seems odd to talk about a live sports and you know sports game where, where there's 35 or forty thousand people there but to me there's always so, there's so much appeal in baseball like going and like you said like have a drink and like talk with the person you came from and the game sort of unfolds in front of you and and you, mm-hmm. you only one of you really needs to be paying attention and you'll kind of pick up on like when do I need to start to clap and when can I chill out again and when can I run to the washroom like the, the it, which again the winning team sort of takes that away and then you you forget the the appeal of of a of a chilled out almost meaningless game because in, in in its own way they're all meaningless right uh, right so so i mean just to go and chill and have a good time at the game to me there is a lot of appeal with appeal to that but at the same time as soon as the team gets bad the 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 rush to buy tickets and get down there also sort of goes away where you know when uh, when i was going to millions of games you know we stoughton and i talked about this last week about the teams were like were like good but not really good or good or not consequential and I was also like young enough that I could just wander down, like oh, just like walk to the dome and then go to a game. Where that's it's more of a more of an outing now. But I, I, if getting tickets was easier, I would still probably do it. Is what I'm trying to say. So if the team gets worse, I will probably be there. Not I won't be there any less. That's for sure. I think that makes that like marks a specific kind of fan, right? Like there's people, and 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 I'm not. I don't say this to disparage people who only go when they're good because it's way more fun when they're good it's shitty when they're bad mm-hmm. but there's a certain kind of fan i think like those of us who are just just in it forever who are kind of like a little bit welcome the team being bad because of that like mm-hmm. then you just go you have a whole row to yourself you stretch out you like watch the game and kind of it's like meditative mm-hmm. um which is something that you don't yeah you don't get at any other sporting event but you also don't really get anywhere like i don't know anything that kind of replicates that no it's true i mean every you mentioned basketball i don't know if you've been to a lot of games i always had a, a bit of a i don't know if, if a tough time is the way that i would describe it but like going to basketball games is so it's in your face the music's always yeah. playing and there's always something going on in the court and a guy's sprinting up and down with a giant flag and in some ways it's like overstimulating where 
I want to go and I want to watch the game, and I, you know, I've I've loved basketball my entire life, so I, I I don't need to be told when to cheer and when not to cheer. You know what I mean? So, I I, I can, I, it it doesn't always appeal to me, but at the same time, they want to make baseball more like that because, that's I'm not my feelings are not the feelings, and I know yeah. the, the team you talked about like they they definitely have a little silo of, uh, you know, marketing materials that are aimed at people, people like you and I, and people who are listening to this, right? People who are going to be there when they're good, when they're bad, when they're indifferent. Um, so it's a matter of appeasing us while also appealing to all these other little personas that they've, that they've crafted that are, uh, exactly as cynical as you think they might be when it comes to how, <laughs> yeah. they, how they appeal to the team. Uh, so that, that's about it. We don't, I don't want to take any more of your time. This has been great. Uh, I do want to get, give you, give me a prediction. No, <laughs> I will ask you <laughs> one thing. Do you think this is this is like a total like, just give me your your gut feeling. Do you think that Josh Donaldson will be a Blue Jay on September the first? Oh God, <laughs> I've been afraid to think about this question. <laughs> it's I'm gonna it's say scary yes. And awful. Okay, you're gonna say it. It is scary. And awful. I'm gonna say yes because I really want it to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm. It is a yes with a great deal of fear behind it. It will be very unpleasant if it comes to pass. I do not want to be a party to it. Um, and you know why? There's, a, there's two I, of two minds, of course. Number one is it will be awful. And he has been one mm-hmm. of the best players to literally ever wear the jersey. But the other thing will be that they should have traded him in the offseason. Oh. <laughs> But uh, just, just hit me with that one, eh? Yeah, just like right out of nowhere. Just I just had to like run you run you <laughs> over with it. But yeah, so that's I feel again I might I might be of two minds. But that's it. So tell people where they can find you. So where can when and where can they find out about Weak Hands, which is your uh, could we, should we call it a punk band? Is this a hardcore band? Your your band? It is a it's a punk band. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where, uh, where you got any more shows coming up? Yeah, we are playing April twenty first at Handlebar. And May 20th at Baby G, um, probably some other things soon too. Um, we're Weak Hands Band on Twitter and Weak Hands on Instagram. Awesome. And what what else? You doing the Amy Winehouse thing? Is there one of those coming up soon or did you just do it? I just did one, oh, okay. but the band's called Shrine House. Um, we, have, we probably have more coming up. I don't think we have any dates locked in yet, but soon. All right. So that... You know, I didn't mention this off the top. Of course, you are a woman of many talents, including a musician. And and you played uh, <laughs> punk. You you were graced with my stage presence at one of the punk rock karaoke nights that you that you participated in, and it was terrific. Oh, it's true. I yeah. should get the video of that so that Jay's yeah. Twitter can be regaled with it. Incorrect. In- incorrect. <laughs> you should not do that. Uh, and let the people know where they can find you on tw- on Twitter if they haven't, of course, already. Oh, yes. I'm at Ruhi underscore on Twitter. R-U-H-E-E underscore. All right. That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right. So it is now at this time my pleasure to be joined by uh, by a very an illustrious name in, in the internet baseball universe I, I, might, I might say a man no not longer, a good hmm? not a good writer but an illustrious name I've got name, a good name he's, na- he's known for his um, infatuation with people getting hit in the beam and he is yes. he has finally 
remove the the weight on his shoulders that was his association with the San Francisco Giants, an association that brought him nothing but misery and pain. And they've been yeah, holding it back. Uh, moving on beyond the team blogging world to to focus exclusively on what has been your job for like what six, five or six years now. About seven years, I think. Seven years. Uh, this is, of course, uh, Grant Frisbee, the national baseball writer at SB Nation. Is that fair? Is that, have I got your your title accurately? That is it. I, technically, I'm senior writer, SB Nation. Senior writer, SB Nation. Well, uh, it is a well-earned title because, uh, as I said when I set this up earlier, uh, there's no one who does quite what you do, sir. And it is a pleasure to have you on to not talk about the Giants, although you and I had we had our Giants banter off air um, <laughs> that people will kill me for. That That's kind of gone away. People don't care anymore as much about the Giants banter as part of the package but we're going to talk about the Blue Jays you are a national baseball writer which now means you're an international baseball writer we're going to talk about uh, the <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays uh, basically you know obviously uh, the point that we've been making on this show in the last couple of weeks is it's almost back to the bad old days where the Yankees and the Red Sox are kind of taking all the oxygen out of the room and and I wonder what your impression is of the Blue Jays as they're sort of left to pick up the pieces or or are they maybe a little bit closer to those two teams you know than than it feels like or or you know just kind of where, where do you feel that they rank or they sit in the american league given the kind of way things have shaken out this winter well i i first i've got a conspiracy theory that you you only invited me on to talk about the blue jays to see if i would pronounce jay hap's name as j-a hap and i'll tell you i'm wise to you i know it's jay hap um it, but I think that they have a good rotation. I really do. It's an underrated rotation. It is even with Stroman, he's got some, you know, shoulder iffiness or whatever. Sanchez, Estrada, uh, Stroman. Uh, I like the, the kind of low risk, high reward pickup of, of Garcia in the fifth slot. I really like their rotation. I'm not sure if it's going to, you know, dominate the Yankees or the Red Sox. I, I think it's going to be a net positive in any division in baseball. I'm just really, really, really worried about. The lineup, and especially getting on base, I'm just looking, I'm seeing a lot of guys who are going to make a ton of outs. Like once you get past maybe Justin Smoke, um, you know, maybe maybe Russell Martin's good again, but then you're going to have this string of, you know, Gritchuk and, and Pilar and, and, and Diaz and back up to Granderson and, and, and what's Travis going to do. Like I, I'm not sure if they're going to have enough guys to string together good at-bats to prolong innings. That's my word for them. But I think they're like a, a solid team, a team you'd want to watch. I'm just worried about, are they going to make too many outs? I don't think that you are off base in that. And, and it's one of the things that, that I keep going back to where the offense is ranked well in terms of projections and, and how many runs they kind of figure to score. But I, I don't necessarily know where those runs are going to come from. Yeah, I, I don't know, what, again, what your sense of like a guy like Justin Smoke. I mean, there's a lot of question marks sort of yeah maybe they'll run into the are they going to set the a new record for solo home runs hit in a season i mean that seems to be like the kind of design that they're after at this point yeah and and smoke's an interesting guy because are we just assuming he's good now because i can see it it happens in baseball all of a sudden it's it's like you know one minute you're daniel murphy the next you're daniel murphy mm-hmm. and like it that's just how that what happens and and smoke was a, a top high first round pick he always was supposed to have this potential so him realizing it at the age of 30 yeah that happened so 
that's great. But if he doesn't hit like he did last year, man, that's a that's a really rough middle of the order. You've got Donaldson, and then you're sort of waiting for Donaldson again. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, you know, I'm looking at these at the lineup and. Donaldson smoke. I mean, they're good for maybe 30 homers next year. And, and I follow a team that uh, hasn't had a 20 home run hitter for, for three seasons now. So I, maybe I'm underestimating just how much power helps when you hit the ball over the fence. That tends to help your team. And I'm not used to that. So maybe I'm, I'm, they do have power, power from Morales and Gritchick and, and, and all the way through the lineup. So maybe I'm underrating their power. Maybe I'm going back to my roots as an on-base percentage nerd from the 90s and just sort of glossing over the power. So that would be their shot is to hit a whole bunch of home runs and have the pitching be as good and, and underrated as I'm expecting. Well, the, the, the mantra, I think, the mantra among fans a lot of this winter, and it seems to have been, you know, the fans kind of picked it up from the way that the team is going about building, which was they the whole thing was raise the floor, raise the floor. No more, you know, crappy players. No more holes in the lineup. And, you know, the Giants teams that, that you watched uh, so closely that, that won three World Series in, in five years, that's in a way, was kind of their ethos, right? Like, there there weren't bad players. And when that, that was kind of the, the even-year thing, where a bunch of good things would kind of happen at the same time. And if it was Scudero one year, then it's, you know, Joe Panic the next. So, guys who were league average here, league average there, league average here, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you look like you got you, you have a, a team that can that can win games. I think that the maybe the idea behind this exi- this version of the Blue Jays is not dissimilar. It's just a different kind of league average, rather than being like guys who are like 280, 350, you know, 410. It's going to be like guys with lower average, lower on base, and maybe higher slugging. Maybe as a as a reflection of of the way the game is gone. But but do you see that? I mean, again, you, you probably aren't in you're not in the weeds the same way that we are here. We're like wonder what you know Jan Jervis Salarte has all this positional flexibility and Devin Travis I mean do those kind of moves you know from your perspective do they move the needle is that worth doing or is this kind of more shuffling the deck chairs around at this point no I, I'm a firm believer in don't let the opposing pitchers get a, a, a rest if you've got eight or in, in, in your freakish American like nine hitters that are um, you you can sort of trust to give good at bats if you can string that together that's going to be important. It's sort of it's it's almost exponential when you get a solid nine where you you, you don't have a weirdo who's who's going to be hitting two hundred with a two fifty on base percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a firm believer in that. I think the 2010 Giants did that really well, like you're saying with Cody Ross and Pat Burrell. Like all of a sudden they just they weren't easy to get out uh, throughout the lineup. Uh, at the same time, the way the Blue Jays are doing it is really really uh, dependent on that slugging. And I'm not smart enough or sabermetrically inclined enough to know how that, like I have this grand unification theory in my head that that's not going to work against the Chris Sales, against the tougher pitchers uh, in the American League East uh, or in general, that that sort of uh, all or nothing approach is going to be good against if once you're facing the Orioles, less good when facing Luis Severino or something like that. Um, But I can't back that up. So I'm just kind of talking out of my butt. But at the same time, that's, I don't know, you invited me on. I, I, don't, I don't know. We knew what we were going to get to. Like, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't asking, like, well, what do you think about the, the spin rate on the, on David Price's curveballs this year? But I think the, the, the Blue Jays saving grace might be the fact that in your previous answer, you listed basically the only two good pitchers in the American League East. Uh, you know, Chris Sale is, of course, a monster. And, and you can't build your team to hit Chris Sale because he's the best pitcher in the American League 
you know, for a reason. No one can hit it. And Severino, of course, really took a step forward. It became something uh, menacing and horrible and very Yankees-esque in his just kind of disdain for our lives here in Canada. But, like, beyond <laughs> that, there's not a lot of pitching. I, I might still hold David Price in a very high regard, but the rest of the rotations are kind of trash. So I think that that might be the thing that helps to work the, you know, in the Blue Jays' favor, but maybe looking beyond the American League East, because I think that that's a bit of a tall task. But what what's your where, yeah. where do you kind of see them in the wild card race? Is got is kind of what I said because that that's just as pertinent to the Jays' season is how they may be compared to the Twins and the Angels and the Mariners and the Rangers and whoever else as as those other two teams. Right, and that's that's a really good point. I, I think you know, I'm going to be generic and say probably one of the wild cards is going to be Boston or, or New York. I think they really do have it. I, I'm not going to uh, slather them with too much praise on this, on this podcast, but I think it's safe to say that there's probably going to be, if everything falls the way it should, there's going to be one wild card spot open. I being an idiot picked the eights just because, you know, I like their power. I think they're, they're sort of doing what you are thinking the Blue Jays are doing. I think that they're kind of stacking those those players nine deep, where they're, they're kind of interesting and giving good at bats. Um, and I just sort of like being that guy who picks a, a random wild card thing so I can look smart, and I never do. Um, so that that's probably not going to work. But if you're telling me, no, 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 it's not going to be the A's. It's going to be the Blue Jays. Yeah, no, I, I'm in. I think that that makes sense for a lot of reasons, especially the rotation. If you're saying it's going to be the Twins, yeah, you know, I could see that. If it's going to be the Angels, you know, maybe if it's going to be the Mariners, <laughs> yeah, probably not the Mariners. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I see, I could see the Blue Jays being that that wild card, one of the, the two wild cards that comes out of the East. I, I certainly could. I, I really do like that rotation. It's just a matter of are they going to get on base? Are they going to string together enough uh, good at-bats together to, to kind of prolong innings? Well, that's – I guess the question then becomes – what is it that they that they, what what does it take for them to become that? Is it going to be a breakout from a Randall Grichuk and a Tessa on Tiasco Hernandez, or is it magically Russell Martin plays 120 games, or magically Troy Tulowitzki is still alive? Like one of those things. I guess that's sort of my feeling from the inside is that a lot of things need to break the Blue Jays' way for right. for it to happen. So the last thing I'll ask you about, and again, I know this is not your forte, but I think that that the these the guys that I'm going to ask you about are the players who are attracting a ton of attention for the Blue Jays. Things that could potentially go their way, things that are maybe off the map a little bit, are, of course, their two top prospects, two, got, two guys with a lot of name value, uh, you know, like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette. You're not a prospect guy, and I'm not asking you to be a prospect guy, but are, the, are these the kind of players and what you've seen and read about them like, as a non-Blue Jays fan, like, do these guys excite you? And can you imagine a world in which they make a contribution in 2018? Yeah, uh, absolutely. That That's that's the thing. When I'm doing my, my silly predictions at the beginning of the year, it's, it's uh, you know, I'm not thinking Logan Warmoth. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I like saying the name. Do you pronounce it Warmoth or is it, like, Warmoth? Like, I, I think for, the, for our purposes here... Uh, and given his distance from the big leagues and the fact that he'll never hear this, Warmoth 100%. Like, there's no other way to go. It is a... You know, yeah. There's not a lot of metal in, in baseball, and, and the Blue Jays in particular. They're not a metal team, so let's, like, cling to Warmoth as tightly as we can. Yeah, no, I... You know, 
obviously he's he's not going to be here till 2020 or whatever. But if you're asking about uh, Vlad Jr., if you're asking about Bichette, someone like that coming up and saying like, by the way, I'm Cody Bellinger. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know that that sort of changes everything. And last year, I could have written a thousand words about what Adrian Gonzalez means to the Dodgers, and then it's not it means nothing because all of a sudden Cody Bellinger's like, I'm, I'm here and I'm going to hit 40 home runs. Uh, so that could definitely happen. I mean, the Blue Jays have they have. They've got prospects. They've got prospects at the ready. Even though uh, uh, Vlad's not even nineteen yet, I don't think uh, he's he's probably going to be in what double A this year. Is that is that the plan? I, he'll definitely start in double A. Um, they yeah. they they've kind of taken triple A out of like a bit of, out of the development loop, and it's more of like a holding tank as much as anything. So like the real prospects yeah. are double A, and then triple yeah. A is for whatever up the the taxi squad basically. Yeah, no, I, that, so that's you know that's basically a hop, skip, and a jump away, and, mm-hmm. and he's the kind of time where he could be up at nineteen. I mean, so that that certainly could factor in the equation. You know, I'm so set on Curtis Granderson is in the lineup. What does that mean? And I'm not thinking so much about well, you've got other people. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they have access to other people. I mean, it even could be like a like a Dalton Pompey. Like maybe he breaks out. I mean, if Justin Smoke can break out, why not? Someone, someone else who's younger and, and I don't know. So it's it's definitely the Blue Jays are the kind of organization that has that sort of depth. I, I thank you for saying so. I mean, for me, it this I I have I've kind of you know insulated myself from too much getting caught up in too much prospect hype. And you know when you when you watch the game closely like you do. Obviously, for your job and as I have and do is you realize that you know, or if you watch the Giants, you realize that like the top prospect in an organization is not a top prospect by default, right? Like right. there are there there that's the best guy we've got for now, and he could definitely contribute if it's whoever uh, that have been up and down the uh, the the Giants kind of top prospect list and stuff. And the Jays are no different than that. But I feel like these guys in particular are like impact players that. Uh, if it's not, if in a perfect world it would be this year where they kind of come up and provide a bit of a bump to a team that's on the cusp, and to me that would be like that's the ultimate goal for twenty eighteen somehow to make that magic come together. Do you think you can arrange that? Can you can you like put in a word? I could. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do is I will I will draft a spec script mm-hmm. that involves uh, Craig Biggio's kid, Mark Grizzlonic's kid, uh, Dante Bichette's kid, Vlad Guerrero's kid. And they're like, they're, they're together, like some sort of super team. Like, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, I can, I can work on that. That That's like a good hook is like these sons of these former major league stars helping to propel the blue Jays into the world series. I think I would, I would watch that. You Don't a, you have a Clemens? There, exactly. You need a, you need a villain. There's a Clemens like right there in the mix. Just like I throw a grenade like, in the middle of it. All oh, it's perfect. I mean, if you if anyone out there listening as kids, this is like the Descendants. You know, it's like the the sons and daughters of all the Disney villains, except they're, well, I guess, Bijou is not a villain, but you know what I mean. They're they're all coming together and using their superpowers for good this time. I mean, don't let, let's not like, that Bijou. That's villain. Craig Bijou should have been a villain the whole time. Like, yeah, because he's sticking that elbow pad out there. You it, can't it, do it, that, but it's brutal. It's just brutal. And of course, at, at the end of the script, who will come in and save the day? The Warmoth. Will fly the warm-up. in the warm up. All right, that is it. That's all the time. I know uh, you've got to run. Uh, you you are big and, and, and famous. You have to be on television talking about, you know, this the World Series contending San Francisco Giants. But uh, but Grant, uh, where can, they the people cannot find you on Twitter at McCovey Cron anymore, which is very unusual. 
and very unsettling to me. Yeah, it's, it's strange to me too. Yeah, no, I've got uh, uh, at Grant Brisby, just B R S B E E. They took my blue check mark, but it's really me. Uh, and you, I know you guys rolled up the season preview this year. Is that like where can they find that? Is there a, like a fast address you can give me, or just on your Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff? Uh, SB Nations uh, slash MLB, SB Nations MLB page. It's going to be up there um, pretty pretty much for the rest of the week. We spent a lot of time on it. It's about greedy, greedy owners, and people are emailing me asking me to stop care about millionaires. Um, so it, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm very much pro player when it comes to this union stuff, and uh, uh, for some reason we all are. I'm with Mark Normandin and, and, and Whitney McIntosh, and uh, we all just are a bunch of lefty loons well we Stoughton and i've taken to uh, calling our uh, patreon exclusive segments uh, chapo clubhouse where we just talk about baseball but uh <laughs> in, in, in in very much the same manner but uh but grant thank you so much uh everyone if you uh, if you don't read grant you do so don't worry about it but uh, but thanks for doing this it's uh, it's been a pleasure you got it thanks for having me on all right that's it for this edition of birds all day thanks everybody enjoy the season hopefully we'll see you on thursday